0: All right, we are recording, so we are live. Just talk to me, let me hear your sound.
1: How does it sound from here or from here? Because I think I was back here before, but now if I get up here, how does that sound? That sounds a lot better. Okay, Uh, let's do it.
0: So, Matt, here we are, uh, you know, net zero to hero. This whole thing is um, intended to be beneficial for people in the community uh, looking for high performance energy solutions, uh, jumping onto the pathway of producing energy efficient homes and the process of doing that is modeling it. Uh, So this is a discussion here about what it takes to become an energy advisor, because. That's the path we're on. Uh, Both you and I are both becoming certified energy advisors. And what I wanted to do today is get your feedback on behalf of the listeners about what it takes to become energy advisor certified. And what we can talk about today is everything up to the foundations exam because you wrote that exam today and you passed it. So we're there, and the exam is an important part. Before that, there's a whole lot that even goes into, um, to even getting to the starting line is what it felt like. We had quite the journey to discover that for ourselves as a company, uh, and as a couple of motivated individuals that wanted to become energy advisors in this space. So I want to hear all about your perspective on the journey to becoming an energy advisor.
1: Yeah, thanks. Um, first off, I'm slightly shocked that i passed the exam the first time uh somebody who came with almost no like uh, um, as you listen to this uh, podcast our listeners might hear about random stories about when i used to work with brandon when i was a teenager and we demolitioned a bulletproof vest factory and stuff like that so i you know i've been around construction a little bit but have i ever been asked you know, if you're standing from the property line and you're looking at a building, what, you know, in a blueprint, what kind of type of plan is that? Is that an elevation plan or a nobody's ever asked me whether that's a site plan or a section plan or whatever. So I I had zero information on that. And so now I'm I'm going into this test thinking, yeah, I'm going to give it a good go. I know Brandon passed it, but that's because Brandon has tons of experience. And also, I think he's just smarter than I am. So. Yeah, I, if, if I'm telling the truth, I thought I was going to fail today, um, but I gave it my best effort and uh, I'm, I'm pumped. I'm sure it's like a pass fail 50% kind of thing. There's no way they're looking for a 70
0: or 80%. Pass. I still think it's 70 as a minimum threshold is my guess. They don't I don't tell you your grade. They just tell you if you passed or failed. Yeah, you go back. You try to look at the information. Um,
1: they do send you an email with, hey, these are the questions that are these are the topics that you missed. So feel free to go back and study those. Um, even after you pass, but they don't say the question. Um, it's all behind closed doors. We could talk about the process of, of the actual exam for those who are interested in becoming an EA, because that's why you're you're here for this conversation. But yeah, I'm I'm super pumped. I'm super pumped.
0: Matt, and like you know, having gone through this, it's an, it's it's a certification to be proud of. Like it, it's not the easy jump over the the hurdle because it's knee high, super simple. Just go through some formalities. You gotta work at this. This, this didn't come intuitively to either of us. And now, to be clear, I've, I, found, I passed the foundation exam, which is the
1: first exam out of the two to become an energy advisor. Um, Brandon, you took the second exam today, having already passed the foundation's exam to become an energy advisor. Um, and uh, you passed that. So congratulations, my friend. We both took the exams at the same time. I was terrified. I think you were a lot more uh, calm, cool, collected. Um, but, yeah, just real quick i what am i what can I expect going into that exam you know when I take it in a couple of weeks here
0: yeah, and because this this is like a foundations exam backwards kind of podcast right now, this episode, so what I would say is it's more technical, and the energy advisor exam in some ways is simpler to study for because we figured out where the information is, which is part of what we want to share today, yeah, yeah. but It was like, if you figure out this information, you can pass the exam. The problem is, is that it's, you know, one of the documents is 193 pages long and the others, uh, you know, nine sections of web content. And then there's another section. So you're, you know, you're going to have to thoroughly understand 250 pages of information. Uh, and you'll be tested on the minutiae of it. But I thought the foundations exam was actually harder to study for because when you look at the criteria they're examining, it's like everything from how do you tie your shoes in the morning to the specific structure elements in the roof attic truss system. And it was so diverse. I actually found it more complicated. And and they would actually
1: want you to know some energy advisor material cuz they're saying hey if there's condensation on the window in the you know on the lower half of the the window in the bottom floor but they had just redone you know the insulation and their attic catch to make sure that it was really well insulated what what is causing the condensation you have to understand from an energy advisor perspective what's going on there but then also at the same time they ask you a question like hey these uh, post World War 1 industrial era homes are built and they show you a picture and they're like what are these homes called
0: <laughs> yeah it's a picture of like a 1953 toronto star like newspaper article it's like it is the worst what type of home is this i still don't know matt you've written the exam i've written the exam we've talked about it i still don't know <laughs> we have no idea <laughs> and so and so you know i could see
1: uh people from lots of different construction backgrounds you know general contractors uh builders uh heck uh, plumbers, mechanical engineers, uh You know, uh, guys who do electrical, there's going to be certain sweet spots that you're going to absolutely excel in because you're like, I know this beyond a shadow of a doubt. There's going to be other things that you're like, I've never heard of before because I've never been a part of that process. So for me, just being never a part of any of those processes, I just had to, uh, I don't know if you've seen that episode in The Office where Michael Scott's just like, I just need to learn everything about everything. And that's basically where I had to start.
0: So, you know, people are going to this. This is the hard part about exams because it's so subjective people, different learning styles. And, uh, you know, and I would consider you to be a very intelligent man. You have uh, you're comfortable with, you know, software programs, business processes. There's like there's no concern about whether or not you can do the work of the E.A. The question is, can you like so studying for the exam and passing like the. You know, section three point two point one point four specification on combustion spillage due to a oil-fired hot water system. And what, like, how much time and energy did you spend to get here? Just to give a grid for people, like, if they're gonna if they're gonna go for the foundation's exam, how much time, how much energy, how much effort?
1: Uh, so there's two things that kind of happened. One is we're actually studying for our Passive House um, Home Designer certification. And in Passive House, they talk a lot about ventilation systems, energy recovery units, heat recovery units. Um, So some of that was uh, they talk about building envelopes and um, there's a lot of air barrier and, um, you know, uh, EFIS systems talk in Passive Homes. So some of that's related. So I'd take a good portion of that. So maybe 20
0: hours ish. Like that was eight. That was was, so far. We put eight days into studying that. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah. Now, I now not all of that was related to the foundations exam, but there was a lot of learning that was done that was you know through a teacher, and then and then the rest of it was essentially hey, we're going to Google stuff and like look stuff up online. Uh, We stumbled across, we were able to Google and find a supplementary guide, which was uh, there's about there's two or three uh, certified Canadian you know teachers that help you prepare for the foundations exam, but the Canadian government is very quick to tell you that these that the, in no way it, you know are they linked to these guys so I, yeah, I
0: don't know. they're not service organizations they don't have any affiliation or accreditation from um of the government of canada so it'd be like you and i deciding that we're going to create a course on how to be a ford truck assembly plant specialist having never done that but training people how to do it is kind of what it feels like and I'm sure they got people who are EAs helping them write their material, but it's it's just there, there is
1: help out there, but it's expensive help. And we just we were already paying for Passive House to become certified there. Um, we just thought we'd put in some time. So there's a lot of researching, downloading, uh, like literally copying, pasting off of government websites to try to get it all on one page. Um, but even at that point, there's still it's just it's just a little anthill with all, all of these different, you know, caverns and holes and twisting so, we're making it sound pretty terrible, Brandon. Like, we're making this sound like it's well, almost well, impossible. Matt,
0: because it was like, and, and I'm saying that, like, w- part of the reason why we're doing this is going, it sucks for us. Like, and with trying to yeah, be true. effective and efficient with our time, and we want to do this, we want to become energy advisors. So, it, and the, I think the government wants to promote people becoming energy advisors, but yet they make the process really vague. And, one of the things that our takeaway is that there's no clear defined path. There's no uh, resources that you could, um, you could easily access. And, uh, and that's where I think people are going to need help and why we're doing this today. Because um, you need to know where to go find your information because clicking on links and government websites and as you found, many of them are dead, like click here for more information doesn't exist.
1: Yeah. And I had to go like back search through the government website to find the page I was looking for. So um, it, there's a couple things that we're going to we're going to have out there actually uh, available in the Facebook group if you want access to it uh, for free. You know, we're, we're, we're here to help. We, we say I've probably said it in two episodes already, a rising tide uh, lifts all boats. So um, we're going to have just a quick overview of where to find the information you need to become an energy advisor where to find what the, what they want you to study, and where to find um, how to like book your course. Um, and man, taking that exam is a whole nother experience. I've never experienced anything like that. Um, just, my goodness. Okay. Uh, so l- l- let's tell the story about how this actually works, if that's okay, Brandon. Do we have time to do yeah, that? Yeah, for sure. Let's do it. Okay. So um to take an exam at home you know it, normally you just walk into a classroom have a seat and, and you're in a controlled environment and they can see if you know you're looking at your phone or your hat's got you know answers scribbled on the bottom of the brim or something like that so that but when you're in your own home and they're just able to look through a camera they've got to have you do a bunch of things to make sure that you're on the up and up so um you know you got to be in a room with a door closed and they want you know uh, they want you to take a picture a selfie of your computer space plus do a 360 look around so that way they can see the room and and make sure nobody's in there or that there's no cameras pointed at your thing recording they also want to make sure that they, they went onto my desktop and turned off all my chrome extensions so all my like ad blockers and and like my last uh we we used uh we use a a password program and they just went and turned off all my extensions and then they went and turned off my bluetooth and then they went and and then just all these things and i'm not allowed to read the questions out loud and we're only have able to we basically have a whiteboard that we can scribble on we can't scribble on a notepad and so man there was a lot of hoops to jump through which just kind of makes you nervous because you got to sit there for like 15 15 20 minutes before you actually start your exam just waiting for that person to kind of loop back around to you so they can do the next thing because i think they all got like they're all onboarding like five to eight people for the exam and then they and then they kind of just sit there and monitor you monitor you and the program make sure that you're not i don't know moving too much or talking or anything
0: like yeah. that and I think one of the things that just made it hard for me is I read the question out loud. It's like, on which side of the wall system should the insulation be installed so that there's not a condensation issue? I'm like, I'm reading that out lot. I'm like, excuse me, sir. You need to refrain from speaking I'm like says <laughs> <laughs> uh, the voice coming out of my computer. I'm like, I'm trying to read this. <laughs> yeah,
1: it, it, it's so true. So it, it just we're, we're saying all this so that way you're mentally prepared for what what the exam actually looks like. Um, and, and as far as studying goes, um, just like overall things that we noticed, there's uh, there's a ton on air barrier and vapor barrier. And building envelope, a ton on that. There's, yeah, there's a ton on R value, RSI value, a ton on U value for windows. Um, I I found personally that there was a lot on mechanical ventilation systems that I didn't understand. I understand ERV and HRV because of our passive house training. I did not understand, you know, why you would add an extra flue for an oil, you know, an oil burning heater you know two two feet below the exterior vent that it's already connected like there's there was ventilation and heating questions that i i really just guessed on
0: well matt you are touching on something there because so much of what we've been studying in in our process as licensed builders uh journey to become energy advisors and passive home certified design consultants i mean we're looking at the best practices of today and the future We we were just tested on furnace and boiler systems that existed before we were born, and it's like I think this was the hardest part to wrap my head around. I've never seen an oil fired furnace. That's just not what we do here. Lots of natural gas, um, lots of electric, but it's just it was odd. Like it was really odd to go. Is this um, prone to combustion spillage? Is probably the biggest. They tend to beat on that drum is what it felt like to me because it's it's a life and death risk as well as being energy efficient or inefficient and uh, and there's there's a several combinations uh, of old boilers and old furnaces that really complicate things and sometimes you got to collect and model and serial number other times you got to collect the BTUs and efficiency ratings and um yeah getting all that straight definitely it, it took some focus for sure
1: one of the things that Uh, Brandon had trouble with because we all I got to read his email of the things he messed up on one of the things that I was really thankful that I knew going into this was that the higher the energy rating the better and the lower the u-value the better so the u-value is what basically you know calculates the thermal uh the thermal effectiveness of your windows and how much heat gets through and the energy rating kind of takes into account this same thing except with more steps and they're calculated differently and they and the numbers are totally different so a, a normal u value will be like 1.2 or 1.6 and an energy rating could be anywhere from like 20 to 30 or 40 or 50 or whatever it is so the higher the energy value the better the lower the u value the better and that actually helped me out on quite a few questions
0: yeah so you're actually like a bad a, a worse window would be a, a u of 1.6 and an energy rating of 24 as distinct a better window would be a u of 1.2 and an energy rating of 35 yeah it's an it's it's inverse it doesn't really make sense and there's no like traceable logic to it unless you're like a mathematician and you totally understand uh the equations that get people there
1: and you know what outside of calculating perimeters and areas of floor space um like know how to calculate you know the area and 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 diameter of a circle uh know how to you know calculate triangles and and you know pretty basic stuff if if you took i don't know grade 10 math but brush up on it if you if you haven't done that in a while but i was really really thankful there was not a billion formulas um because sometimes when you're studying I like some you saw some of those formulas and they actually show you how they calculate u value and then you know some of the study materials even ask you to like give it a go and try to calculate that and i'm <laughs> i'm so yeah. thankful that that was not part of the test or uh yeah i'd i'd still be taking the test
0: yeah you know and and to to to, to the nrcan's credit which is natural resource canada uh the supplementary guide they give us to study actually had some complicated perimeter equations where it was more complicated than the exam was a lot more straightforward is what I'm trying to say, but I'm confident because it showed up on both our exams where you have to do a perimeter. And part of the foundation is a circle. Like there's like a parapet or a call like a spiral staircase or Cinderella's on, or Rapunzel's on top of the tower kind of thing. Uh, and you're gonna have to know the area and perimeter with a circular foundation system. So you just got to get that trigonometry. Oh, so that's not trigonometry. The pi R no two pi R. <laughs> It's your perimeter pi r yeah. squared
1: <laughs> for area? <laughs> is your area? Now I, I will say this: This is all for obviously. Brandon just brought up Anarchan. this is all to become a Canadian energy advisor? Um, so if you're an American, you might find some of this valuable. You probably find uh, some of this won't make you know won't make a difference to how you do your world. If you are an energy advisor or know somebody who's passed you know passed on and jumped through all the hurdles to become an energy advisor, and they want to be on our show, please reach out to us. Um, we would love to have somebody from the U.S. Um, and I'm sure it changes state to state. But just kind of give an overview of what it takes down there. We'd love to know because we're jumping through all the hoops here, and we'd be so, super curious to know whether it's harder or easier to do this depending on what state you're in, or or do you just pay a fee and get an EA, EA licensing fee? I, I don't know. So. We'd love to have somebody from the U.S. come on and, and talk about uh, what that looks like.
0: For sure, because it's neat. You know, jurisdictions are are, are mandating slightly different things, but we're all on the same train trying to make homes more energy efficient. And uh, so this is why we're excited. This is just a path we're walking along with many others. Um, thinking Matt another I uh, think that would be good to you said mention trigonometry, and this reminded me um so definitely on the foundation's exam, I remember lots of questions, lots being three, five, where they give you the the volume of a space, so like a rectangle it's a rectangular room, which is ten meters deep by five meters wide by two meters high, but then they'll say something with a gabled roof that and you got to figure out the total volume of the space and that's where a gabled it's going roof. A gabled roof with a slope of 12 by 12 and you, you know you just you, yeah so the 12 12 tells you it's a 90 degree right so right you got to do the the base times height divided by two to get the volume of the triangular prism roof basically on top of the rectangle a rectangular prism below that um, but the hardest question for me matt came in the the form of slope like they give you the it's a gable span, so the measurement goes across the whole roof. But they want to know the roof of the system, and they only give you like the rafter, like the the rafter length or something like this.
1: Yeah, they give you like the angled roof length. I, honestly, you got to get your Pythagorean theorem on if you haven't done a squared plus b squared equals c squared in a while. It's gonna feel weird. It totally um, is. Yeah, yeah. I'm but glad. I- you also. I don't know if there's a faster way to feel smart, though, if you're like, man, I don't feel very smart. And you watch a quick two minute video on how to do that theorem and then you can feel like you can calculate anything. It's an awesome feeling. Um, But, yeah, there's there's a lot that goes into this. And uh, it's actually making me. uh, uh, Brandon, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. We've talked to a lot of people in this space already and they do not feel. how, How do you say this? I want to find the best way. They just don't feel appreciated by the you know the uh, contracting community at large um in the same way that like a first aid attendant you know the, the first aid guy on site you know he's like yeah everybody hates me it's like when the ea shows up these guys are like oh great you know so i it, it is one of those things where i'm I'm gaining a ton of appreciation for what people like this you know the men and women who've really worked hard to become um proficient in this that's a there's a lot going on and a lot for them to understand.
0: Totally. And I, cause, uh, you know, if, if I think that's one of the things we need to do as, um, as agents in this space is not be the person who always comes onto the project and says, eh, not good enough. Because nobody likes those people. They just, the, the setup's terrible. There's no, uh, there's no alignment towards common goals or, desired outcomes and so one of the things we're excited to do because we're licensed builders ourselves and we're getting into this space because we want to be proactive rather than reactive in providing high performance building solutions uh, is that we know that providing solutions that work and engaging with people in a solutions focused manner is how we're going to succeed period because the construction guys out there that are busting their butt to build homes are trying to do a good job and make a buck while they're doing it so yeah, we're this is going to be really interesting. How do you how do we hold a standard that says this is what's required uh, and this is what works and we're in it with you uh, and we're better together. So let's collaborate,
1: especially now when the government has that stick hanging over you, you know, that heavy stick of, well, you're just not going to be allowed to finish the project until you meet the air exchange. Oh, man. Metric, yeah. Right. <laughs> so. So, uh, something I know Brandon has talked a lot about, and we might even be able to do a whole podcast on this at some point, would be um, just the the value of early communication. And so, the the goal would be to be on site, hands on, working with the team, and and uh, making sure that they understand and are, and feel comfortable with you know their process and how to make sure that you know if we if we need uh, an air barrier to be uh, an actual air barrier and have zero holes in it with all the you know, with with all the windows and, and pipes that and piping that has to go through that, um, that they're comfortable and they feel like they know how to do that well. So um, we're really excited once we can get going on this. And, and the fact that Brandon has already passed his EA exam means that he can actually start doing work in this realm, which is kind of freaky to us. What is that? Well, it's freaky to me, Brandon. What is What does that do to you to know that you can like go out there and start drumming up business and actually like producing
0: Energy advisor work. Well actually, man, this is one of the funny things about like that. I was sitting there, finished my exam, and this has been us for this entire process. Okay, we did this thing. Now what? Uh you know, we passed the foundation now what? Oh, energy advising exam. Okay, now what? Uh and so I passed the energy advising exam. I did that this morning. We wrote at the same time, and uh we I was writing my exam while you were writing your exam. Now what <laughs> is like the question? Because we have these service organizations that that we rely on as energy advisors, and they're essentially the bridge from energy advisor to to the government, and they and we have to align with a service organization. And and I I I believe we have to write we. So now that it passed the energy, we have to do five model five uh, called sample projects or projects that are thoroughly audited or something is quality control which is absolutely you know necessary and appropriate it's just like so who do i talk to about that do i go talk to my five best friends and model their homes like where how do i get access to the software now am i listed somewhere you know i don't even know who to click on what to who to talk to uh who to reach out to and this has been such a a bewildering process uh to do proficiently. So anyways, talk to me about service organizations. We're going to touch here for a couple of minutes uh what have been some of the challenges that we've uncovered around service organizations. Yeah, absolutely. Service organizations um in Canada are kind of
1: the overseers and and so service organizations are the ones who all the EAs work for. Um you Not like if, not like corporate on payroll work for. No, but you right. can You can. And so basically you can't submit your own energy, you know, your own energy guide for a house to the government without going through a service organization. Um, So I guess you could kind of choose between which service organization you want to, you know, you know, if one's slower than the other, you can kind of figure that out, but you're going to want to be trusted by them in their system and you're going to have to pay them a fee to have them actually process it. So obviously relationship building with a, with a good service organization is going to be really key there and what we've learned is some of them are just really really busy right now and um we're (laughs) gonna have to we're gonna well all of them like i I don't know if we've talked to anybody who's like yes we want smart guys who have figured this out and walked their way through the program by themselves without any training which essentially brandon has and i'm I'm hoping to, to finish in in a couple weeks here that's the that's a huge step and when we call around just uh, people like, first of all, if they're even just able to pick up the phones, a big one. So, um, yeah, this is, this is going to be an interesting journey and we'll share with you guys what organizations we're, we're working with and it could just be a local BC one. It could be a national one. Like we have no idea what kind of service service organization we're going to line up with. Um, but, uh, we're really excited to be a part of this community and see what this looks like moving forward.
0: Yeah. I like that. Um, Yeah, and there's going to be lots to discover, which is, uh, you know, just gives us more to share. So we're hoping that this lightened the load or perhaps acted as a bit of a beacon in the fog uh, to guide those of you that want to follow our footsteps or just stay apprised of best practices. Um, Because if you're looking to renovate or build a new home or apply for any of the government your utility grants you're going to need to intersect with an energy advisor and it'd be good for you to know exactly what they do why they do it and uh, distinguish between high quality and low quality players in the field so um that's all i have to say matt is there anything you'd like to close with again if you're part of this journey we want to be with
1: you um, feel free to join our facebook group there's going to be free resources online to help you get where you're going you can also reach out to Brendan and i there as well and uh, we can answer any questions you have personally because. Um, yeah, we love we love to help people and be and be a part of what they got going on.
0: Yeah. And, and Matt, again, the reason for the Facebook group isn't because we like collecting likes. Our egos aren't attached to that, uh, but we just need a common, easy, accessible place where you can get in touch with us and access the information that we're we're trying to make available. It just seems like the most straightforward way. Now, it is a
1: private Facebook group. So some people logging on are going to be
0: like, hey, why do I have
1: to you know apply? It's like, well, we actually don't want <laughs> this is where the cool people hang out. <laughs> yeah well or it's just like we don't want random people from the philippines joining and then spamming you know the the random creepy stuff in there i nothing against people from the philippines but i've just got a lot of friend requests from people in the philippines i don't know why i'm i'm attractive to these bots or or fake profiles that people create but we just want to make sure that everybody in the community there is is supposed to be there if that makes sense
0: yeah totally because i want to maintain the quality of this um just to respect you uh in this space so Fat that, Matt, all the best. Yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Base here. The Eagle has landed. Thanks for listening to the Net Zero to Hero podcast. Be sure to visit our website at netzero2hero netzerotohero.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and gain access to our free resources and materials.